Welcome back to the E6 podcast from Colonial Church, a place for candid conversations about what our church community is learning, what is going on in the world, how it all applies to our lives as followers of Jesus. My name is Brooke. I'm your host, and this is episode number 45. Lauren is here with me, mm-hmm. coming off the high of his bears, just barely squeaking by to make it into the Big 12 a Championship, is where a win, they are going to get whooped by his daughter's team. Hey, can we just... Can we because just, my team didn't make it. Can we it. just celebrate that the Bears won, that OU <laughs> lost, which does allow my team in the Big 12 championship. You know, it there's does. an outside chance uh-huh, uh-huh. as of the recording no, of there's this not. podcast. There's there an is out- not. I'm talking about the playoffs. <laughs> okay, go ahead. No, then. way, way less important. <laughs> no, I'm talking about there's an outside chance I'm going to go to the game on Saturday. Ooh, that's at, fun. At uh, AT&T Jerry's World. Yeah, at AT&T Jerry's AT&T, World. AT&T I think that's what Stadium. it says on the side. It's Jerry's World. AT&T Jerry's World. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I can. I'm trying to find cheaper tickets. They're a little expensive. I don't Do we know. have any connections in our podcast listeners? For uh, if anyone has tickets to the <laughs> OSU Baylor game, the Big Twelve weekend, Championship, Big Twelve Championship, Lauren would like. to One go. of my daughters actually wants to go, and I was surprised. So I'm trying to figure out if I who can. wants to go. Rachel, my 13 year old, really? Rachel? Has become, she has become a true football fan. Okay. I'm not even exaggerating. She's asking me questions. She sits by me. She watched the entire game yesterday. None of the other kids did. She watched the entire game, asked me questions the whole time. Nice. She's learning about first downs and second downs. She's learning about fair catches. Like, she's asking everything. That's it's good. nuts. That's, that's fun. I know. That's fun. I like that. Good. Um, well, not only that, we also have a special guest with us today. More important than... The yes. incomparable... <laughs> the amazing... Shelly White. Shelly White. I don't know if I know what that word means. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> what what did you say? Incomparable? Yeah. Incomparable. I like that. What incomparable. Did say? Incomparable. Incomparable. I think it's incomparable. Oh, see, I guess I was paranoid about you saying I was, <laughs> I was, um, you wouldn't be able to comprehend what I was the, saying. The <laughs> incomprehensible. The incomprehensible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got my words mixed no. up. No, are you kidding me? No. I've already bragged to our whole church on stage that I was looking forward to your your uh, amazing Southern accent. So we may just make you talk a lot. I think it scares some people. No, I have some, it's, it's I have a, some neighbors really that won't talk to me. Okay, <laughs> okay, so they so, can't so, understand me. So you have a, you have an accent, and that's fine. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. We all have different accents. I think we get into our own worlds, and then we think, "Well, I don't have an accent." I think every you single, have one. I think I every single one of us has their own. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What What is a word like? My kids are growing up here in Wichita Falls, and so they're learning their their language. They're not getting it from me, <laughs> but they're getting it from, from, from the kids that go to school. The kids that go to school. Yeah. And and several of my kids are adding a Y in the middle of words. <laughs> like what? Uh um uh, putting you on the spot. I know now I'm now I'm struggling. But it's, I mean it's like they it's add like, a Y like an E sound? Like a like a Why? Uh, yeah, but it's like in the middle and so it yeah. like adds syllables to the words and I, I I don't know why I can't think of one off the top of my head. I'll think of it later. But um but so that's what that's what they're doing. So what what is um, I'm curious. Do you have like certain words that um, that people that you have to repeat to people? Then it's like I'm sorry. I don't I don't I don't know what you just said. It um, is the incomprehensible. Right. It happens. Of well, there's not. I think of two particular words that Jordan really picks at me about, and one of them is no. When I say the word no, <laughs> no. And um, that's a, he tells a story about right after we got married when he came in from work and I was on the phone with, uh, I can't even remember who I was on the phone with, but it was one of those automated things that you talk to and you have to answer <laughs> yes or no. <laughs> and I was going, no, no, no. 
trying, <laughs> trying to, to change your accent. Trying to make it not so drawn out so it could understand me. And I it was love pretty it. funny. That's, I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. What's the other one? But I, well, um, so when I say the word shoulder, Jordan tells me I'm saying shoulder. But did you see a di- did y'all hear a difference between Say it again? Shoulder. 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 Did you hear the L? Oh, shoulder. Yeah. Shoulder. Yeah. I hear so it. he picks at me about that one. <laughs> but when I um this is a funny story. Do when it. uh the first year I ever taught school, I was fresh out of college and I had a class of second graders and I was giving them their spelling test. And I was walking around the room uh, calling out the words, and I noticed a lot of the kiddos were putting A's at the (laughs) end of their words. And it occurred to me that it was the way, because, you know, they spell phonetically at that age a lot. And and so they were putting A's on the end of their words because I was drawing the the word out with kind of a uh at the end. (laughs) (laughs) So I had to I had to pay better attention to that. (laughs) I love it. That's good. Okay, so so your your accent, where are you from? I'm from Mississippi. From Mississippi. Yeah. Born and raised. Born and raised. All right. Yeah. And then you came over to Texas where we Uh have plenty of other accents. There is just a different draw. Right. Okay. Yeah. And you lived in West Texas at one point with Jordan mm-hmm. when you guys were first got married. Right. right. That's where I was where I was teaching that that's story so, I just told you guys. That's out where it's so windy you can't hear anybody. Anyway, right. So, right. Right. They um they called me Miss Mississippi. <laughs> Miss Mississippi. <laughs> I think my accent's probably the only way I got that job because <laughs> because I was actually an hour late to my interview. We got our wow. times mixed up uh-huh. and I walked in and uh, I was like Way to make a great impression on you guys to be an hour. I was an hour late to my interview. But oh my goodness, yeah. that's awesome. So, uh, and and Jordan is from. He's he's from Mississippi. He's too. also from Mississippi, so, right? So, but you guys you guys don't share the same accent. No, <laughs> he says it's because he's more educated oh, than I am. Oh, oh my goodness, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to walk him <laughs> into oh my that. Goodness. My bad. Oh yeah, he's from he's from more North Mississippi, which they sound just as southern is any other part what about what about you guys just moved here from several years in georgia right do, do the folks in uh, is it canton georgia is mm-hmm. yeah do the folks in canton georgia have a strong southern drawl you know uh, or did they think you had an exceptionally different accent? I, I think i think they thought mine was exceptionally different mm. um maybe it's because i'm my father's daughter i don't know because <laughs> he sounds pretty his is pretty thick yeah um so that probably has a lot to do with it, but uh, in Canton, there are a lot of seem to be a lot of transplants from New York, places mm. like that up north, oh, and I so see. and they don't have accents and they don't all. have the that southern drawl, and so <laughs> it's not as um, probably not as thick. But you know, you say that, and like like I I Carrie and I both say we do not have southern accents. And then we moved to Denver, yeah. And people constantly are like, "Oh my goodness, you're from you Texas, <laughs> snickering at you." And we're like, "Really?" Because we say we say y'all, we say fixing too, we say yeah. we say things, we just don't hear ourselves as different. Amina, 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 Amina. Yeah, that's a good one. Amina. All right, good. on your spelling test, first one. But even I'm like, do that. I'm gonna, like I was thinking, I just just we we're recording this on a Sunday <laughs> afternoon, and this morning at church, I just was. Enjoying talking to some of my good new friends here at Colonial, mm-hmm. um, Kevin and Nellie, and they're from they're from Massachusetts, and they have got 
really thick, strong Boston accents, you mm-hmm. know, and I just want to, I just want to listen to them talk. Yeah. I just want to listen to you talk. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to listen to somebody from England or Scotland talk, you know, it's yeah. just so, I love it. I love it. So yeah. I, forgive me if that just sounds weird, but. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I recently went to the eye doctor and, um, he was absolutely fascinated with the way that I sounded. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> All right, so we are coming up on Christmas. Do you guys have do you guys have uh, special Christmas traditions that you guys do as a family? Yeah, you know, we that has been a a bit of an area of struggle for us and where we've had to get really creative because of the moving around that we've done. Mm-hmm. Uh, there hasn't been just a huge chunk of time where we could, you know, in one place where we could consistently uh, go look at the same light show mm-hmm. or go have dinner with the same family or go, you know, it each Christmas looks so different. Sure. Um, so what we did, what we tried to kind of establish back about five years ago, five or six years ago, was it's, and this is <laughs> it's so small, but it's, it is something already that the, the kids know we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And we just, we pick out a really dumb Christmas movie, which Jordan really likes the, um, a Christmas story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I loathe that yeah, movie. I'm you just like, it. I mean, it is really torturous for me to have to, it is kind of a love hate through. movie. Yeah. I, I'll give you that. But I'll he loves so wait, it. Hang on, hang on. So he, he loves it. What does he mm-hmm. love about it that you hate? Let's dive into that for a minute. I don't know. I don't know why he loves it so much. Probably because... Because you think it's it's a a terrible movie. It's a little bit of a dark humor movie, I think. (laughs) Well, the kid, the poor kid, Jordan got in a lot of trouble when he Uh was little. He just was very mischievous and into things. Yeah, yeah. So um, maybe he relates to, I don't know, what is the boy's name? Ralphie. 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 Maybe he relates to Ralphie. I'm not sure. (laughs) But he thinks it's so funny when... Uh, mom, when the mom says, uh, show us how the little piggies eat, <laughs> you know, and he thinks that's hilarious. Um, and you're looking at him going, dude, stop. Right, right. Like that is disgusting. So, what, um, so what's your favorite Christmas movie? Uh, <laughs> or what's, what's a, what's, so we can compare and contrast with Jordan. I like Elf. <laughs> oh yes. That's so good. That's an easy, it's easy, good funny. one. It's just funny. It's just funny. And, um, so anyway, we usually, you know, pick out a, Christmas movie and the special thing is that we I go and get the sparkling white grape juice and refrigerate it <laughs> uh-huh. and it's really the only time of year that I let my kids have that much sugar in a drink at one time <laughs> <laughs> and so they really look forward to it nice. so it's simple nice. it's cool. very simple but it's something that no matter where we are yeah it we can do it year after year yeah. after year love it mm-hmm. that's awesome <laughs> so Christmas story is terrible. Yeah, I don't like it. Are you bored, or you just just can't? I think it's boring. It's not. It's not. not it's not that. Your your humor is not that humor. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's it's a slow. You're not, you're not alone. I think I think it's really a love hate movie. Like I love yeah. it, but it it's kind of a weird, different pace. Mm-hmm. 
And I've I've got a bunch of friends that just don't like it. Yeah. But I love it. I, love I will it. say it's not it's it's uh if if I had to list out like Christmas movies, yeah, I would probably put it in there like as one of the one of the greats. But I don't. It's not one that we like repeatedly come back to. It's not it's not Elf. It's not Home Alone. Yeah. It's not Die Hard. You know. Die Hard. Um, <laughs> I've actually never seen that movie. You haven't seen Die Hard. Mm-mm. Well, we're not we're not. I'm uh, not sure that we should endorse. We're die not hard. endorsing Die Hard. <laughs> my, just can I be real with you? This is a little little insight into my wife. My wife loved Die Hard, mm-hmm. thinks that Die Hard is a Christmas movie, which there's an argument about that. There's too. not an argument. You're <laughs> I just wrong. I, no, no, no. I believe it's Christmas movie. Well, you movie. put thinks, so. Anybody who thinks it's not is wrong. I agree with you. <laughs> but she literally, this is, I'm not even kidding. This is maybe three, four years ago. She said, it's Christmas time, just like you're alluding to what are we going to do as a family. She goes, uh-huh. hey, let's watch Die Hard with the kids. <laughs> and I I was shocked. I'm like, wait, what? I'm sorry, what? And she goes, no, let's it's, come on, let's watch Die Hard with the kids. There, there's a little bit of <laughs> language, a little bit of violence. And I looked it up, and I'm not kidding. There's like... It's bad. It's like umpteen deaths, you know, <laughs> and then like hundreds of curse words oh, and like yeah. 84, you know, F-bombs. And yeah. I'm like, my wife wants to watch Die Hard with the children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, as our she, kids she have... didn't know. She forgot. Right, she didn't realize. Right. She was and, you, and that does happen. Because I know that <laughs> you there You away has... from a movie. You forget. Right. You like know? some of the things that I remember seeing when I was Hannah's age, the thought of letting her see that today, right. I'm like, you, you've you lost your mind convicting. if you think you're watching that. <laughs> you know what? Totally yeah. random. We're going out on rabbit trail here, but yeah. I saw Goonies like yeah. two or three years ago, and I it was on TV, and I thought, oh, yeah, that's one of my favorite old movies. I'd love just to have that with the kids watch that. And it's got all this like raunchy language in it. Yeah. And, and I'm like, I don't remember that. I, I don't know if I, I just know. Forgot. I don't remember. I don't. It's it's when your kids are watching something. I think your level of sensitivity yeah, about yeah. what's being talked about is heightened there. Yeah, it's yeah. heightened. I agree. I think it's the same thing. More attention. I think when you when you we've watched those same you know it's, 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 traditional movies, you know, traditional right. uh, movies that become our traditions. Right. That was like oh yeah we'll watch that oh it, you know we just we just kind of turn them on, especially when your kids are little, because you you put the kids in bed and then you kind of just do right. whatever. Then they get yeah. big enough to right. watch with you, and then it's like yeah, total. No oh, gosh, why are we? <laughs> Never mind. We're gonna watch something else. I don't remember what we, we were watching. Something. Like, with, oh, I don't remember that being in there. And we yes. were like, yeah, we should probably turn it. We just turned it off. It was like, well, you know, you know? what's crazy is a lot of the the eighties and nineties movies that we grew up on are really inappropriate. Like, yes. they're more inappropriate <laughs> yes. than the newer versions, which yes. you would think it would be the opposite, but and it's not. they didn't have PG-13. Right. So I think, oh, it's PG. Like, like Jaws right. was PG. <laughs> but today, mm-hmm. it would be, if not PG-13, it'd be rated R. You know? Right. And I just thought, oh, it's PG. I'll show, you know, oh, my gosh, uh-huh. I'm so sorry. You know? uh-huh. Yeah. It is yeah. freaky. Mm-hmm. It's just it's it's just funny how different it is. You're right. It's mm-hmm. like the things that we were, just, I mean, songs you, are the same way. Like you look at music and you go back to it, and it's like I've been. I told you a couple of weeks ago that I made I made some playlists for my 11 year old who wanted to like learn about the history of some music, and so mm-hmm. I made her some playlists. And like going through them, I'm like, do I put this song on there? Because <laughs> if she ever figured out what it actually meant, like it's right. when you go back and you're like, yeah, I love this song, and mm-hmm. oh, that's what that's about. I yeah. think okay. you hit it on the head, though, Shelly, is as a parent, mm-hmm. with your kid in the room or with your kid in mind, everything changes. Mm-hmm. Everything changes. Yeah. Um, it's convicting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is. That's right. That's right. When, it it's, when you realize, oh, somebody else is watching me watch yeah. this. Okay, Shelly, um, part of what I, I wanted to have you on here for was to 
um, to, to let our listeners hear your experience with compassion. So um, from what I understand, I, I, you and I have only briefly talked about this, mm-hmm. so you could have a story and be like, well, it was terrible. I don't know that. So um, Pretty I'm, confident that's not going to be I'm, I'm, I'm confident that's not where we're going, but... Um, what is your experience with compassion? What have you, what have you, as we have Compassion Sunday coming up mm-hmm. um, next weekend, uh, so that, that'll, be, that'll be a big, a big deal next mm-hmm. week. Um, I'd just love to hear from you. What is, what is your experience with compassion? Uh, I, I think that compassion is one of the most phenomenal organizations that you could be a part of, that you could give to. It's, uh, we've, early on, we did... Um, we did a sponsorship. We've done sponsorships through World Vision. We've done sponsorships through Holt International, and they're good. They're they're mm-hmm. wonderful ministries. Wonderful mm-hmm. ministries. Yeah, they nothing, are nothing to say bad about. Right? Them. No, not at all. Um, but what I have found with compassion is that they are uh, unapologetically. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Their their main focus and goal is to meet the spiritual needs mm. through the physical needs. Mm-hmm. I think it's easy to get uh, to to lose focus on we need to feed children, we need to help children in poverty, we need to give right. them a good education, and all that stuff is really good and it's needed, but it's not the one thing mm-hmm. that's needed. And so compassion is really really faithful to the gospel in the lives of these kids. So that's one of the main reasons I love it so much. Uh, So we actually brought um, the cards of our our kiddos. The first one that we started sponsoring was um, actually the first one that we sponsored. His name was Daniel. And Daniel turned about... I guess around 15 and he actually left the program Mm. and, and some kids will do that. You know, they don't, they decide, you know, there is a criteria that they have to meet in order to receive the benefits of the program. And the criteria was just not something that he wanted to meet. And Mm. so, um, we actually ended up, he dropped out. And so Mm -hmm. we were, he was replaced with a different yeah, sponsorship. No, sure. But the first um, or the second one that we sponsored, his name is Neeson. This is him right here. Nice. And we started sponsoring him in 2002, and he was just a little guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's 19 now. I was now. Say, he looks, he wow. looks yeah. mid to late teens. Well, yeah. he, was, he was real close to birth. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, he That's was, unique. He was um, a toddler, hmm. you know, maybe four, I guess. Yeah. Something like that. I'd have to do the math, which I can't do math in my head okay. very well. But anyway. Um, <laughs> we'll get carry on sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's from Haiti. He's mm. from Haiti. Mm. And so uh, every year, Compassion sends a new picture of, of yeah. your kiddo. And um, one of the really neat things was, well, I say neat. I don't mean that like in a, I should say interesting yeah. more than, than neat, was we uh, have uh, Jacques Bed right here. And she is... Um, She's about seven, significantly about seven younger. years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started sponsoring her in 2018. That was when Daniel had dropped out of the program. Mm-hmm. And so we started sponsoring her as well. And she's from uh, Burkina Faso. Mm. And 
uh, one of the first, well, as soon as we started sponsoring her, we got a picture of her. And then the following year, we got a new picture of her. And she was in the same clothes. Mm. But it was... It's a year later. Yeah, a year later. Fit, so right? it was it was kind of cool to compare the like the length of the skirt yeah. with, you know, on her legs. And um, and so some people might be like, what do you mean she was wearing the same dress and the mm-hmm. same? But that's, I mean, in a lot of these cultures, you don't, it's not like in America where we have closets right. full of clothing. Mm-hmm. And when we get tired of something or the, it's not stylish anymore, we throw it out. That's not even within the realm of their thinking. Yeah, They're going to no wear... Doubt their things until right. they can't wear them anymore. Um, so that's, that's Jack bed. And then, uh, we have Ian, uh, Ian is 12 mm. and this is him. And we got him when he was a little fella too. We've, um, sponsored him since 2015 and he's from Kenya. Kenya. Yeah. You got, you got yeah. Haiti, Kenya. Mm-hmm. And where was Jack? Uh, Burkina from? Faso. Burkina Faso. Yeah. Which is where? In Ghana. Ghana. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, and I remember hearing this morning that Jordan bragged that you were the letter writer. Yeah. Is that something you've done a lot of? Well, so it, I have had seasons of, I mean, let's see, we've been sponsoring since 2002. So really older than Hannah is alive. And I have been through seasons where it's been really easy to find the time to write. Um, And then seasons where it's been a lot more difficult to uh, you know, so much on your plate where you just mm-hmm. kind of forget and it mm-hmm. gets shoved to the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, uh, there have been, there have been seasons where I've been really faithful to do that. And then there have been seasons where I haven't been so faithful to do that. Mm-hmm. And of course I'm reminded, actually compassion reminds me a lot, <laughs> um, that, and not just me, but sponsors in general yeah. of, that's actually one of the most important things that you can do is to build that relationship and Mm -hmm. pray for them so that they know somebody on the other side of the world is, is praying for them. And, uh, so it's really, uh, you know, I love how compassion makes it super, super easy to sponsor and support and build a relationship with, with your kid. Um, they have when you sign up for a sponsorship they you know you have like a whole username and password where you can get online and you can write send your letters online you know mm-hmm. you can it's like sending an email um and you can write that way which is super super easy you're not going to the post office and and all that kind of stuff you can write it at midnight if you need to and um so on their on their website you can, there are lots of different categories that you can go to and you can check out their, um, and I don't, I don't know what you call it, but it's like their yearly budget, the things that they budget for. And they, there's a lot of accountability with them. They are very, very transparent with this is how we're spending the money that you're sending. And, um, down to the, down to the penny, Hmm. you know? And so I love that because they're not taking advantage of sponsors. You know, some some of your your sure. own up there's can sometimes take advantage of the amount of money that's Okay, I just love that term in. you just used. Some of your on up there's. 
Those are people that are high, high in power right, and influence. Right. The on right. up there. Right, the on up there. I'm taking that and I'm going to use that. I love that, Shelly. Yeah. So um, we have found we have found compassion to be very. Uh, they have a lot of integrity. Mm. The organization yeah. has a lot of integrity. I feel that they're trustworthy. Mm-hmm. They really promote and want you to build a relation, not just send money. It's not, hey, yeah. send write a check, write a check, write it's a check. A it's thing. right. They really want you to build a relationship mm. with your kid. Yeah. And they'll send in the mail. They're good about sending reminders because we need them. Yeah, we need them. <laughs> and uh, they're good about sending reminders. Hey, so-and-so's birthday is coming up. Do mm. you want to mm-hmm. donate an extra $25 so that you can buy, we can buy her a, a Christmas, I mean, a birthday gift? Mm-hmm. And then they do the same thing at Christmas where you can give a little bit above and beyond your, yeah. your monthly sponsorship. Um, because otherwise they're not getting a birthday present. They're not getting a Christmas present. And I'm talking about things like, oh, I can't remember which one of the boys it was. I think it may have been Neeson that in a letter he sent, he thanked me for, and, and this may not be completely accurate. I'm having a hard time recalling. It's been a while ago, but I want to say, he he was given a goat or mm. something like that with the extra that yeah. we sent yeah. and it helped it helped his family make a living yeah. um one i think one mistake that we make a lot of times is thinking that people who are trapped in poverty need to be rescued in the sense Mm -hmm. that oh their way of life is not Mm -hmm. as good Mm -hmm. or Mm. and when the reality of it is is that these children all three of these children right here have parents and grandparents that love the mess out of them Mm. and sponsoring them enables them to remain with their families I mean like why would I want to take this little girl away from her family yeah um when I can send $32 a month for her and she gets to stay with her family mm. and she gets her needs met and her needs being met also are meeting the needs of blesses, her family. the whole family. Right. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. And so it, what compassion does is there, it's not just a, a charity, like, you know, let's throw food and clothing at people that, mm. that need it. But instead they work to develop the whole child. Mm. Um, we get a, a regular updates on the kids about, um, you see this card right here that I mm-hmm. got in the mail, regular updates, uh, spe- specifically about your kids. This is what they're learning. This is how you can pray for them specifically um, in the areas of uh, spiritual growth, physical growth, cognitive growth, socio-emotional uh, growth. All of those areas are being covered. It's not just about um, clothing and feeding poor children and telling them Jesus loves you. It's it's a holistic approach yeah. um, to really ministering to the hearts and minds of these kiddos because I would, I would imagine that living a life of not knowing where your next meal is coming from mm-hmm. is traumatic for a yeah. child. It's, 
I mean, it's trauma. Mm. And so I love how compassion they just they minister to the whole person yeah. mm. um, because it's all it's all intertwined. Mm-hmm. Um, each area of our being affects the other. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do a really good job at that. And um, I, c- I could go on and on and on mm-hmm. about about the organization and and how they how good they are at what they do. Um, but. I, I want to speak to a couple of things you said that mm-hmm. that are, are central to why we have chosen to partner with Compassion, mm-hmm. and obviously your husband Jordan's had everything to do with this too. Because mm-hmm. just like Pastor Ron Downing, myself, Jordan, it's so fun to discover that all three of us on our leadership team have a shared love for Compassion and shared experiences and or separate experiences, I should right. say. Um, but one thing you said is the integrity of mm-hmm. the organization. And I don't know how many of our listeners have been around Colonial a long time or who's listening right now in the moment, but we've had some history of trying to funnel some money into a specific orphanage and its ministry uh, south of the border. And it was, it was many, many, many years ago. And I don't even know all the details because mm-hmm. um, just like you, Shelly, our family only moved here, you know, recently. Um, but it, it was an epic fail. Mm-hmm. Like there was a failure in, of integrity and dollars were not used for what they said they were going to be used for. And there's a lot of confusion and regret and, and even just flat out lost trust in the church mm-hmm. in part because of it. And so in some ways this to me represents, okay, we're going to redeem that. We're going to, we're not going to, we're, we're still going to go after releasing people from poverty in the name of Jesus, but Mm -hmm. we're going to do it through this organization Mm -hmm. that is so clearly proven to be trustworthy and known um, by many. Now we got, you know, our spiritual formation pastor and his family moving from Georgia and our executive pastor moving from California and I'm moving from Colorado and we all have these simultaneous different experiences with compassion. Mm -hmm. And so the integrity of the organization, I hope is a real encouragement to our people Mm Um, the other thing you said that I love that gets me so excited is you just hearing you speak of your experience and your observation of how holistic they are. And I, I'm blown away. I'm blown away by how it's not giving them a little handout. Right. It's we're going to, we're going to love the heck out of this whole kid as a human and therefore impact their whole family. Mm -hmm. And it's not just education. It's not just clothing. It's not just hygiene. It's not just it's not even just spiritual. It's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is right in the middle of it. Right. You know? And, and there, a lot of these kiddos, they, they learn about Jesus. They hear the gospel. They take it home to their parents. And it, I can only it imagine changes. how many adults have come to know Christ. Right. Cause we know, we know that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, just like we work with kids here and they end up wanting their, family to come to yeah, church. Yeah, they drag with them. Their, fa- yeah. their family and with we, them. They come yeah. to know Jesus. It's yeah. so cool. Yeah. yeah. There's one other thing that I'm curious if you've observed. Because mm-hmm. um, you've 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 experienced a longer relationship with compassion. I, I don't want to I don't want to share my story now. That'll that'll come out even as we share with the church. But we've been partnering with compassion for a long time too, personally our family. How much have you observed another a third element that I really appreciate about compassion, which is it's instead of what our churches experience a lot of, which is we're going to send our people over there 
and we're going to, we're going to bring them what they need. Thank God we came, mm-hmm. you know, right. And then a week later, three days later, maybe, maybe 10 days later, we're going to leave. Right. And what a difference we made. And the difference is we are empowering people there that live there. We're empowering local church leaders, mm-hmm. local children's local teachers, local pastors on the ground, living in that community to have all the resources they need to have a whole child development center, a Mm -hmm. school, uh, a church to worship in. And we're not, we're not doing it. We're empowering them to do it. It just, it's so much more beautiful to me and, and effective. Mm -hmm. Has that been your experience as well? Absolutely. It's phenomenal because you know, you, what is, and I'll probably jack this up. What's the saying? You give a man a fish, you feed him for a day, but you teach him how to fish and he can feed himself for a lifetime. I think you said it right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that is what, that's what compassion does. Yeah. You're not just sending a group with a bunch of material goods mm. that people need and giving it to them. But compassion is taking local believers mm-hmm. to work in these these centers and these schools so they're speaking the language they Mm. know the culture they know Mm. how to um communicate the gospel to these kiddos Mm. and i mean it's not like a bunch of americans that are running all these right school i mean they're they're locals and so all indigenous leadership yeah, yeah and and so these these kids are not just being given or handed things they are learning important skills that they need to know that will help them their entire lives. Mm. And they, and they pass that down, Mm. you know, from generation to generation. And, um, it, I just, I love it. Yeah. I love what they do. Even hearing you talk about it. I know Mm -hmm. all this, but hearing you talk about it, yes. Cause just giving people a bunch of stuff doesn't help them really in the long run. You want them to be self-sufficient now, having said that, I know that our heart's desire, um, I, I know our heart's desire, we've talked about it even, even as leadership, is to, to partner with Compassion to basically get movement from our people in sending money and sponsoring kids and seeing a community changed. I also know that long-term, our heart's desire, for those who are interested, is to offer a trip. Yeah. Um, not because we, not just to, contrast not so we can go make a big difference but so we can visit people we've already we've been in relationship with yeah so um i know that's one reason we've we've with compassion's help we have targeted tell me if i'm doing this wrong brooke you've been in the thick of it we've targeted a specific part of the world Mm -hmm. and we'll get more into the details of that next weekend but but we don't want to just haphazardly you know pick a kid from seven different continents right we want to we want to we can pick kids from anywhere. So we're going to target this region so that we long-term maybe even you can, take can offer connection. Yeah. And you could, you can you imagine, you know, I, I can only imagine emotionally what you would feel. You haven't met these right. kids you've sponsored. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about yeah. what that's going to look like too. So logistically um, next week is, is, is only a little bit different in that we have their, uh, their journey experience. Mm-hmm. We'll be here on campus um, do you have experience with that? I do. What, so what yeah. can we expect from, mm. from your perspective that's been through it? What can we expect next weekend um, when we just kind of get here and get to get to see that? 
I think you can expect to be able to walk through or journey through mm-hmm. this. Um, almost feel like a maze. But that yeah, sounds like torture. Or like a <laughs> almost like a yeah, more of a tunnel yeah. like yeah. Uh, the the each different I'm having a hard time finding the appropriate word for this, but each scene mm-hmm. from a different country, um, it's it's set up like this is how the inside of their home looks. Mm. This is um, a picture of what daily life looks like for mm-hmm, these kiddos mm-hmm. and then there's lots of information you know um printed on the on the walls that you can stop and you can read you can listen to they even have these little stations where you can stop and listen to testimonials mm-hmm. um so it's a pretty cool deal so really kind of hearing hearing and seeing yeah then what what someone what one of these kids is right. is, is living in right Prior right. to it, and it yeah. might it might be disclaimer. It might be a little different than what I experienced before. But just even as recently as a couple of years ago, I experienced this journey, compassion's journey experience, and it's typically narrated, you know, audio wise. Yeah, you by, put headphones on by one yeah. of the kids, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe by one of the kids who's already grown into a, a older teenager or a young adult, and they're sharing with you, you know what what life was like and where they went to school and what their home life was like and and then what it was like to meet a compassion ministry person and what difference it made. It's, it's really cool. You kind of immerse yourself. You kind of have to pretend a little bit, of course, you know, but it's, it's like the, the closest we can come to flying over there. You right. Know? Right. So, um, I, uh, something that, that I just thought about was, and this is kind of going back to, to sponsorship and meeting the needs of the kiddos of, you know, there have been, multiple times where I have watched my kids sleep and they've been in their beds on their clean sheets Mm -hmm. and their soft pillow and Mm -hmm. they're safe. The doors are locked. Um, Their parents are at home to protect them. Uh, You know, I can put them to bed with a full belly of Mm -hmm. food. And when they get up the next morning, I can serve them something to eat. And it's, and it's not because I am anything but it is the grace of God in our lives that allows us to provide for our children in magnificent ways. And I think about these mamas and these daddies who have to put their kids to bed hungry mm. and how painful that must be. You know, I, I, it hurts my heart when I can't meet a want that one of my kids has not even a need just a want um because as a parent you know your heart is for your kids and you 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 just want to bless them and you want to do for them and you want to and so i i cannot fathom the pain of a parent who cannot meet the basic needs of food clothing and shelter for their children and how um, i keep using this word but it's traumatic Mm -hmm. it it really is yeah Yeah. and so uh you know it's just it's just one way one way that we can that we can offer back to god what he has given us and we can say thank you and and you know we love it when when other people love our kids and god's the same way he loves it when we love 
mm. his people, when we love his creation, when we love his other children, mm. um, when we love Jesus. And so, um, anyway. Well, thank you for um, for sharing that with us and, and being willing to bring your pictures and, yeah. and, and all that. I'm, I'm yeah, excited for next week. I'm bummed our listeners didn't get to see the pictures you're holding up, these beautiful <laughs> little kids. They didn't get to see your eyes well up with tears as you talked about these folks. Um, I'm, I'm excited. I said this morning on stage, I really, really believe this is a milestone moment for our church. Mm-hmm. It's not the moment, mm-hmm. but it's, it's one of you know, several milestone moments where we're shifting, where we want to have a long-term partnership with, with compassion. And this this is the first Sunday we're going to look back years, years from now and go, that was the first fall of 2021 is when we dove in. And I love it. It's, it's the heart of God to, Mm. absolutely to, you know, to minister to these people. Mm. But thanks for Mm -hmm. sharing that with us for sure. Shelly. Yeah. Well, uh, obviously, don't run off because I love your your perspective on all kinds of things here. But um, let's dive into Acts with a little bit of time that we got left here um, today. We uh, we we did the last half of chapter eight. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. With Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, which thank you for diving into the. Uh, you know, talking about castration at church on a Sunday, <laughs> it's in the Bible. It's not a normal. I mean, it's not what I'm you not trying to be. There were some people squirming. I'm, I'm not even kidding. There was, I think, for different reasons, there's people squirming in the uh-huh. audience today. Uh huh. So Philip and the Ethiopian, Ethiopian eunuch, right? Uh, as we uh, learned about castration this weekend. Yes, we that's, did. That's good times. There um, were no visual aids for those of you that weren't here. Well, it you know, just, I, my daddy had cows and. Bulls and that's a different world too, yeah. right there. I've witnessed. Well, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. yeah I've witnessed. Oh, I don't yeah, even want to know what you've witnessed. <laughs> Shelly, you're more you're more educated in that sense than most of us. <laughs> uh-huh. um, right. So uh, let's make that spiritual. So you talked about um, the. Let's make that spiritual. Uh-huh. I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to try. Uh, you talked about the um, the gospel. Who the the. This this Ethiopian guy is learn is is reading from the scroll, which I thought that was a great point. That uh, it's not like he 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 took out his iPhone and you know opened the YouVersion Bible app and was just reading from yeah, Isaiah. Pretty but unique that he had he, a scroll. He brought yeah. this bag that has a scroll in it that he wheels out and and is reading from, which yeah. I can't even. I mean, like it, I already get you know you can get car sick if you're reading you know reading something physically and can you guys uh, are reading. In, I know in exactly. A, I'm thinking like you're on a carriage that's and bouncing and around. <laughs> it's not smooth, <laughs> and and try, <laughs> and trying to read this like big old scroll. That's just what I have in my mind. Maybe it's not that crazy, but um, so you talked about him being an outsider, mm. and then that the gospel is uh, is is inclusive in that way to bring him in as a part of. Um, as a part of, of mm. the, the, the message and the family of God now, this kingdom that Jesus is talking about, rather than the Israeli people or the, 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 uh, the children of Israel, um, God's children that he had specific, right, that we don't, that, you know, the majority of us don't fit into that little bubble. Um, but now it's become this inclusive thing where he's yeah. bringing people into it. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought that was a, that was a really, I'm, it was insightful to me to see this guy's coming from a long way away, um, from what I've read about uh, the the Queen Candace that he's uh, that he works for, that she could like potentially was a Christian and wanted more information and sent him in that kind of a, a capacity. But 
um, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm interested, you know, how, so how, how does that change things that to be inclusive in that way rather than, um, well, I think somehow we, how we deal with it sometimes where it becomes an exclusive club of, right. well, well, this is the member parking and this is, right. you know, are you a member of that church? And, and we almost, we almost treat it negatively sometimes. Yeah. Well, we're, we've talked about tribalism before it's, it's, I think it's core to our sin issues is we're, we're, we're just tribal people. We like to be with our own kind. We like to separate even the best of the best of us, quote, quote unquote, the best of us as yeah. Christians can just be so rigid in, in, and even become legalistic, I guess is the common term about who's in and who's out. Um, and my goodness, the, use the word grace, you know, appropriately, Shelley, grace is so mysterious, so mm-hmm. much more inclusive than we can comprehend. Philip Yancey's book, What's So Amazing About Grace, comes to mind. It's just, it's full of, of all these reasons why this is unbelievable. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, I can't imagine, I can't get my brain around You have grace. to pinch yourself yes. and ask, is this yes. real? Is it's this for so real? inclusive. <laughs> um, and yet, um, you know, I mentioned this morning, I wanted to talk about this. It's also, it's, it's radically inclusive, but it's also radically exclusive, mm-hmm. which at worst on the surface sounds off-putting, but there's truth to it. And I wanted to talk about that a little bit because the, the inclusivity of Christianity is so beautiful. This, this, I mean, think about this. There's this black African eunuch hanging out with a Jewish man and the gospels for both of them entirely. Right. Like, mm-hmm. and, and God even orchestrated them coming together. Like God, God is behind that. That's how inclusive he is, you know? Um, in contrast to a prayer that was said, I, I learned this, that was prayed every day by a good Jewish man. And the prayer was, Oh Lord, I thank you that you did not make me a woman, a slave or a Gentile. Mm. That's what they were taught to pray. Thank you, God, that I am not a woman, that I am not a slave and that I am Jewish. And so that radical in that inclusivity is extremely radical. Oh my goodness. It's, it's God overcoming. I know you keep saying that to me, but this is who I am. Mm -hmm. I I know you keep drawing these lines, but nope, no, I got a big giant circle, you know? Um, And it makes me, I I came across some stats I wanted to share because the gospel, I have to even run myself. And I think compassion actually is one way it can help us. The gospel is not just for one culture, right? The gospel's global, you know, we haven't, we have, we read about Samaritans coming to Christ. We we see an African come to Christ. We're going to read further in acts about a Jewish Pharisee coming to Christ. We're going to see a Roman soldier coming to Christ. The gospel does not belong to a culture. I think, I think as Americans, we think it's our thing. Right. Um, mm. I think as Texans, even, I don't know what you see, you know, from Mississippi, <laughs> but as Texans, we think it's our thing as, as Baptists, we think it's our thing, whatever, but it, it does not belong to one culture or one region. Um, I come across these stats. This, I think this is cool. Um, all world religions except Christianity are still basically where they started. I don't know if you've seen a map of this, but 96% of all Muslims live in the Middle East, in Africa, or in South Asia. 96%. Even though there's a lot of Muslims over over where Mm -hmm. we are now, it's a very small percentage. 88% of all Buddhists still live in East Asia. 98% of Hindus live in India or South Asia. And then in contrast to those numbers I just threw out there, 96, 88, 98, check out Christianity. 
25% of all Christians live in Central or South America. 24% of all Christians live in Europe. 22% of all Christians live in Africa. 15% live in Asia. And guess what? This is radical. Only 12% of all Christians on the planet live in North America. Hmm. But they're wow. all over the world. Yeah. So not only is one, ding, 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 oh, we're only 12% of Christians across the planet. But two, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like it is the most inclusive of all the religions. Um, there's, I, I got a quote ready from Richard Bauckham, who's an Anglican theologian. He's, he's British. And he says this, he says, almost certainly Christianity exhibits more cultural diversity than any other religion. And that must say something about it. Mm-hmm. Must say something about the grace mm-hmm. of God that does, the gospel doesn't belong to one culture. But then real quick to shift gears, the exclusivity of Christianity still really matters. Mm -hmm. Um, And to take it right back to Acts 8 and Philip and this African guy, uh, the African eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? What does this mean? Please tell me what this means. And notice that Philip doesn't say, well, what do you think it means? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because, you know, there's no right or wrong answer. I mean, what do do you think it should mean? Um, You have to decide what's right or wrong for you. Right, no absolute truth. So (laughs) stinking common, Mm -hmm. you know, in our culture. But he didn't say that. He said, I'll tell you what it means. It's pointing to Jesus, Mm -hmm. like directly. It's pointing to Jesus. Jesus makes sense of this old ancient text in the Old Testament. This this ancient, Jesus makes sense of that. It all culminates with Jesus. And Philip tells the African eunuch the good news about Jesus. Um, and then they, he gets baptized. Uh, specifically, that, that's, that's this outward expression of I'm, I'm diving in to this specifically. It's, it's radically exclusive. Uh, and that's, I guess you could call it a paradox because it's both. Mm. It's, it's the most inclusive, amazing good news we can ever hear for everybody. And yet... Narrow is the gate, you know, right. narrow is the road that we're supposed to walk. Uh, Jesus says it, I am the way, right. the truth and the life. Um, so I'm, I'm fascinated by it. Every other religion, every other religion, its founder at one point or another says, um, let me show you how to find God. And Christianity is the only religion on the planet that says God came to us and said, I have come to find you. Um, it's just, it's, it's radically different. And so I think about that as I even read about Philip meeting this guy from a totally different world, sharing the good news and how fun that was, but how clear and, and specific it was as well. Radically inclusive, radically exclusive. Well, and it makes me think, and you, you touched on this as well, but, um, that, that this guy was not just a brand new random person off the street that had no... Uh, understanding at all or was not already on a journey of some sort of his own that was like, hey, by the way, let me tell you about about Jesus here. Um, this was a, you know, this was a, uh, a guy that's already on the journey, right? And so, um, so Philip just comes alongside him and is like, by the way, let me help you at this, with this one little piece, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, you, you were talking about um, that God's at work in people's lives even when we don't see it. And and I think about that in, in ways where it's like, I feel like sometimes we, we see sharing the gospel as this start to finish. 
Like, I met this person. They had never heard of Jesus before. I told them all about him. They made this decision to follow Jesus, and I got to pray with them, and that's what sharing the gospel is. Mm. When it's it, it to me, it's it, in in what we're sh- what we're seeing here is that we might just have this little specific part. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. you, you've t- you've talked about being a part of um of of uh, um I, I almost said one life. No, that's not right. Life, young uh, life, young life. There it is. There it is. I knew it was there. <laughs> uh, being a part of young life, where it's like you just get to be a part of these kids' lives for a while, but you're not always going to see no, it's where they end up. Sometimes or, it's a semester or a couple years or or or. If it's a high school ministry, four whopping years right. of a whole life. Right. And yeah. Shelly, you talk about, you know, living in different places yeah. where you're not always going to see, you know, maybe you get to see that more so with your kids because right. your kids are there. But with other people outside of that, mm-hmm. we don't get to see all of the picture of their journey, you know, in, in a lot of our culture. Our culture yeah. is, you know, transient, moving around and 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 all that. So we, maybe we just have this little window of opportunity yeah. that Philip has with this eunuch that's driving down the road, yeah, trying to hold on word. to a, a mm-hmm. scroll. And he's, it's just like his part's not to say, let me tell you all, you know, let me, let me start to finish here. Yeah. It's just the, yeah, here's the one little piece. Let me help you understand that thing. Right. Cause it's all God's work. He, he, uh, allows us to jump in with him and, and be a part. Mm-hmm. So the interesting thing to me, and, and I was just curious as you're, uh, you're sharing the story. We're reading the narrative of, of this, and so Philip does this. They, the the guy gets baptized, and uh, and then Philip is snatched s- away. Snatched away, whatever that means. <laughs> whatever that uh, means. But <laughs> sounds violent. But I have I have two questions. One, <laughs> one, like if he's snatched away, how do we know this story in the first place? He's disappeared, so it's not. We're not getting it from him. But so uh, where where are we learning the story from? You said Luke is telling us this. Luke is telling us, and and it makes you wonder. Is Luke chilling along with him on the road? It makes you wonder if Luke's with him. It makes you wonder if Philip sitting down with Luke later talking to him. That's a great question. I'm just curious. That's a great question. And then my other side of that, the other question is like, okay, so if if you just got baptized by this dude you just met on the side of the road, and then the dude disappears, like, (laughs) it's not like, I mean, they have no, like, uh, beam me up Scotty, you know, mentality mentality like that's not even a men, you know thing is that just not the weirdest thing that you're out in the middle of okay. nowhere in a yeah, carriage and all of a sudden this person i, I gone. wonder if that was just another supernatural literally supernatural affirmation of what he just experienced i mean we're making this right. up right right but if if he Total has this here. encounter with god through philip and he it just clicks and he's excited and he gets baptized and he comes up and then they're in the middle of nowhere on this road and he's gone. Like, I mean, I guess you could argue that would be freaky, that'd be scary, that'd be terrifying. <laughs> but what if it was just like, wow, God, God just for all he knows, God sent me an angel. You know, I mean, right. I don't know. Well, to think, to Those think are, that um, that's a great question. God loves me that much mm. that He would send me somebody, yeah. to to explain Himself, yeah, to me, yeah. so that, so that Maybe I he was overwhelmed respond. with joy and gratitude and. Yeah. His his response is that was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking like my response would be like I gotta like pat myself down. Like, are my clothes still wet? Pinch did myself. I just did yeah. I just wake up? Did I did I, did that happen? I don't know. Okay, so we got a, we got a question before we get out of here. Um, we got a question a couple of weeks ago, and I've been holding it um, because it was about this passage. Because it's specifically about what we talked I about today. You said that. Yeah. Um, so this this question says the NIV, NLT, and several other newer versions of the Bible completely <clears throat> skip verse thirty seven eight. Uh, this is Acts eight thirty seven, um, where the King James verse 
uh, or the King James Version and, and the New King James have that verse. So um, if we, uh, let me see if I can get back over to my, my Bible where I've got this uh, pulled up here. And uh, in the tiny font that you can't read, it says in verse 36, as they rode along, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? Then it skips straight to verse 38 without a 37 at all. And it says he ordered the carriage to stop and they went down into the water and Philip baptized him. And uh, verse 37, which is missing in this translation here, uh, this is the NLT that we normally use, right? Uh, 37, that's, that's not there, says, Then Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered, and he said, That I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Um, and so the question after, after all that is, why would any Bible translation want to delete that out of the Scripture? It's a great question, and I, I confess, when it was first asked, I had to look it up because I didn't even realize that it had skipped. So I'm reading my Bible. I mean, unless you're paying attention to the numbers. You're just reading because it said 33, 34, 35, 36, and then 38, and I didn't even notice, you know. But it's a great question. Um, what I have read and and come to understand is that our translations, our, our English translations, for example, as well as other languages from the original manuscripts they're, they're all based on these original scrolls these these original writings and some of the ancient manuscripts do not have that that line that line for what we would call verse they didn't, none of them had numbers in them but doesn't have that line doesn't have that line we call verse 37 um the good news is it you read it you just read it and it's it's not controversial it's not Oh my goodness! Without that, Christianity means something totally different. You know, <laughs> it's it's a line that we would go, yeah, I could see that happening. He just said, yeah, if you believe with all your heart, and yes, Jesus is the Son of God, and then they baptized him. It's it's not controversial. It's just it's more of a. I, I hope even our question asker, it's more of a curiosity. Why would they leave that line out? It speaks to though how. Let me spin this positively and and hopefully com- comforting. Um, it speaks to the accuracy of these groups, these groups of scholars that get together, like the NLT group mm-hmm. or the NIV group. And they, they're like, we want to take so seriously that this doesn't say what we want it to say. This says what the manuscripts says it says. And even the way they translate it into English, I mean, how the links they went to to try to come up with the right words that reflect the original Greek in this case. And that's a talk about a weighty <laughs> challenge. This is the word of God. It's a job. This is not tra- translating Harry Potter. You know, this is the word <laughs> of God, and we need to make sure that it's accurate. And they come to, oh, you know what? Some of these ancient manuscripts have this line, and some of them don't. A, we're going to leave it out because we want to be consistent. But B, I read my NLT. It's got a footnote. It says at the bottom, hey, you know, it's food for thought. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's. It's in, more of an interesting thing to me than a problematic thing, because um, if you if you Google it, there's a lot. There's there's several other instances where this where this has occurred. There are several, and it seems like not a lot. Lot. It seems like say. a lot of it's like the 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 NIV. A lot of what I've seen um, when people talk about this is they that the NIV is changing things, and the KJV, the King James Version, is, well, this is what it used to say, and now we're just, we're being selective about what we want in the Scriptures. Well, the problem is, for example, you read the King James that included this, and you read it long enough, maybe you memorize it, maybe you read it for a lifetime, 
And then you get an NIV Bible and it doesn't have it in it. And you, the first thing you think is heresy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, that's, I mean, that's a lot of what I've seen is that people yeah. are freaking out that's just, because of that. That's just because we get used to something. It's, it's like so much else in the Christian life. Um, I say this as a pastor. I say this as, you know, Jordan and I, for example, went to different seminaries and graduate schools and learned from all these brilliant people. And, <laughs> and having said that, I am still so largely dependent on people smarter than me that I choose to trust, just like we choose compassion because of its integrity. There, there's certain people I lean into because I really believe they're, they're, they've done their due diligence, they're smarter than me, they've got resources, and I can learn from them. Um, and then I turn around and I teach my kids. I turn around and I teach my church. Um, I think when we look at the NLT, which is the, 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 path, the Bible that we most often use here at, at Colonial, for example, but it'd be true about any other English translation, we are choosing to trust these smart people mm-hmm. to put this foreign language word of God in our hands that makes sense mm-hmm. to us. Um, I also think as we become students of scripture, which we talked a lot about this morning, to be rooted in scripture and to really try to, to be individual students of scripture, it speaks to why we do this together. And it speaks to why we even look at different English translations. I, I love, I think some churches go, we are all about the King James or we are all about the NIV or the NLT or the ESV or whatever. I think there's some real fruit and, and help that comes from when you're sitting down and studying something to look at what two or three different translations yeah. say. Um, Cause it just affirms what it means and it clarifies things that don't make sense. Um, and then I think, I think I'd like to think whoever asked this question, that's where they're coming from. Mm. I'm, I'm fascinated. Why is that? Mm-hmm. You know? So, well, and I think it's interesting just to, to think about different, uh, translations being like a word for like some, you know, some would be a word for word and others are like trying to be, uh, true to the phrase or, yes. or, or the meaning of what they're saying. Right. And so it's just, I mean, it's all above my head. We, we so. haven't talked about that in a while. But there is a spectrum, a, a continuum of different English translations. And I've, se- I've seen a couple diagrams that are really helpful that have uh, things on one end that are flat out paraphrased, like the message right. written by Eugene Peterson or the Living Bible, um, J.B. Phillips. There's some, there's some total paraphrase. It's not a translation. It's just meant to put it in common language, yeah. street language. And on the other extreme is this word for word accurate, but also really hard to read. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Like I grew up in Germany. If you said, um, man, it's really hot out here in German, you would say it is hot to me. No, no, I'm sorry. You would say it is to me hot. Hmm. So you do a word for word translation of the yeah. German. It is to me hot. That's not helpful. I don't need you to give me a word for word translation. I need you to give me the idea you're trying to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So somewhere in the middle, if I can exaggerate, cause it's not really right in the middle, but somewhere in the middle, you have things like the NIV, like the NLT that they're not, they're not paraphrases. They are scholarly translations of the original Hebrew in the old Testament, original Greek, the new Testament, but they're also not word for word. They're, they're what they call thought for thought. It's a dynamic, mm. um, and that's really helpful to us. And, and maybe we take that for granted, people who don't know much about the Bible or how it was put together. But I, I'd like to think that's really helpful for us to understand as we're choosing to, to trust these smart people that God, we trust that God put them there. Just mm-hmm. like we trust God put Philip by the chariot for that eunuch. We trust these scholars God put together 
to help us understand the scripture. Yeah. So cool. Well, uh, thank you for the question. Um, to uh, whoever wrote that in. So we appreciate it. Sorry we took a couple of weeks to get back to it, but uh, we wanted to talk about it in context here. So, uh, so Lauren, how do we take this, uh, as, as I always ask you, you always and ask this question. sum it up in this you know, 30-second, uh, how, how do we apply all this to our daily lives here in our context where we don't understand what Unix are and we don't have scrolls <laughs> and our phones are, are, we can have the Bible on our phone and roads are smooth and people don't disappear. How do we apply this I have, today? I have three quick thoughts. One, I think between our focus on compassion that's coming up this weekend and, and talked about today, and thank you again, Shelly, for sharing, um, and this, this account of history we're reading about of a eunuch, the African eunuch getting together with this Jewish man, I think, I think one, I'm just, I hope all of us are just convicted in the moment, man, the world's so much bigger than what I see. Uh, so much bigger than my little tribe, my little part of the world. It's, it's huge, and God wants me to be at some at some small level engaged with the whole world. Um, I think the other two thoughts are from that passage. Uh, maybe it's the African eunuch we can identify with that that no one's too far gone for the gospel. No one's too different for the gospel. No one's messed up too much. For, for God to invite us in to, to be family. Uh, maybe a third thought, maybe, maybe some of us can, can and should need to identify with Philip. What does it mean to be faithful to, to listen for his promptings, um, to go talk to people, to be present with people and to share boldly the gospel. Um, that's what I hear. I I'm, I'm convicted even as a pastor, um, who hangs out frankly with way too many church people. That's kind of my life. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm convicted. I, I need to. Oh, I need to be open to when God wants me to to approach people, or even just take relationships in a different direction uh, with the gospel in mind. So, um, I hope that's been an, a conviction for for a lot of us and encouragement. I'm curious uh, if that's what people have heard. I'm so excited about next weekend, Shelley. Um, next weekend, I I hope you're just bouncing around talking to people and, um, and even just sharing maybe your information about your kids. I'm, I'm so excited about, we're going to have special guests with us next weekend. I, I almost feel like we're not supposed to say anything about it, but mm. it's going to be so good. It's, it's going to be, be so good. good. It's going to be a fun weekend. Well, I know that life is getting busy and there's shopping and black Friday and, uh, traditions and vacations and school getting out and all the parties and everything that's going on. But now is not the time to disengage from church uh, or from Colonial here specifically. We have more about Colonial coming up for people that um, are, are new or just haven't been through it. We have Jingle Jam coming up for our kids, Compassion Sunday and the Journey next week. Uh, Christmas Eve services are coming. Now is not the time to uh, to disappear yeah. and move on. So, um, Lauren, what can we? Uh, what anything different that we can expect from next week, other than the compassion stuff that we've already talked about? No, no. I think it's going to be we're we're hitting the pause button on our act study for all the right reasons. Um, I, I really said it this morning. I really encourage everybody to prioritize coming and being together next weekend, and even even in a way maybe you haven't done in a while uh, to think, who do I want to bring with me? Um, family members, friends, uh, other colonial folks that haven't been around in a while. I think it's a, an important weekend. And man, you just got me excited because then that's the fifth. 
The 12th, we have more about Colonial, a great first step for, for disconnected people. Uh, then we're meeting one more time the 19th before our Christmas Eve services. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a, a good, good fun month. Yeah, it's going to be good. Shelly, anything less, anything left to add? Well, I, so one thought I just had and I'll yeah. make it, I'll make it quick Do is, it. you know, a lot of people and, and I, I get it. It's, I mean, money's tight. Yeah. Money's tight. And we think, my goodness, how, how do I sponsor a kid mm. every single month? Yeah. Um, just kind of an idea, and this may be kind of out there for a lot of people, but, you know, we, especially at Christmas time, we have what we need. Mm. I mean, like my parents have what they need. Mm. Jordan's parents have what they need. Our mm. family has what they need. No and doubt. if they needed no something, we would help it. meet the need. Um, this is a great way to, to honor somebody at Christmas mm. To be able to say, hey, in in your honor, mm. I'm sponsoring this child. Merry Christmas. Mm. Uh, we feel a lot of pressure to present a gift, yeah. something material. Another sweater. An- yeah, <laughs> yeah. Another kitchen gadget yeah, or right. another something for me to yeah. stuff in a closet somewhere. And, um, and this, what a gift. That's a, that's a great word. Yeah, that's a great word, an opportunity to say, and maybe I don't know that I would follow up very well, but I'll bet someone really thoughtful like you, Shelly, would follow <laughs> up and say, you know, two months later, hey, here's a picture. Here's a letter they sent me. Right. This this is I could have gotten you a sweater. Mm-hmm. Look what look what's happening. because yeah. I, I decided to they give get it instead in a card. Yeah. Hey, here's a description of mm of the kid and, and here's a description mm. of what compassion does and, and you being willing to forfeit a gift yeah. for this child is pretty amazing. Yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's way cool. That's a good word. Well, Shelly, thank you for, uh, spending the, uh, spending some time with us and hanging out and sure. sharing all that with <laughs> us. Um, Lauren, before, before I wrap this up, would you give us, uh, anybody that may not have been here this weekend, um, and, and got to hear from Tanner as he prayed for Ellie. Could you give us a little mm. bit of uh, info there and what we can pray for? Yes, briefly. We have a family that I am so glad you reminded us. We want everybody to be praying for. Uh, the Tenor- Tenorio family, if I'm saying it right, um, their first names I know are right, <laughs> Sergio and Harley are the parents. Uh, Sergio actually was just baptized earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been connected to a small group, Harley, she uh, has got a beautiful voice and sings and, and helps lead us in worship from time to time. I uh, just started doing that recently. They have two little kids. Uh, Ellie is three, and, uh, and then their son Henry is a little over one. Ellie at three, um, they just found out uh, while on vacation in Ohio this week over Thanksgiving that Ellie has leukemia, and uh, she has already been receiving uh, the most aggressive chemo treatment they offer, um, still up in Ohio. So um, not only are they just, I have to believe, overwhelmed with grief and fear, uh, but they're stuck in Ohio and and trying to get uh, her to a place where they can transport her to Cook's Children's Hospital down here in the in our Metroplex area. Um, so pray pray specifically for Ellie. Um, please join our whole church in praying for Ellie. Um, pray for Sergio and Harley as parents. Um, and, and then even specifically in the short term that they can find their, the, the way to get them down here where they can be closer to some other family as well. 
um, it was right and good for Tanner just to take our whole church just to to pray for them. And I, I hope it's just a call to have them on our heart and mind uh, in the coming weeks and months. And um, as as was taught to me, um, I heard Jordan repeat this prayer this morning. As was taught to me, um, you know, by by a mentor a long time ago. We know that God can heal uh, for whatever reason in his in the mystery of who he is. Sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. We know he can, we just pray that he will. We're just, we're just begging mm-hmm. like needy little kids saying, please, 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 please heal. Um, so I think that was supposed to be the short version. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's a big deal. So, um, well, thank you for that. Um, thank you, Sergio and Harley for... Um, allowing us to be a part of that journey and pray with you guys and um so everybody listening here make sure you uh pray for ellie and and uh mom and dad as they are are going through all of this so um again shelly thanks for being here thanks for uh for taking your afternoon hanging out with us um lauren as always uh i'll see you next week after you guys are you know you've made it through the big 12 championship game to the other side of whatever that looks like. I think we're going to win the whole thing, buddy. That's right. <laughs> Come on, Georgia, bring it on. <laughs> so, Barbara, you get, you and Barbara can watch that game together. Georgia is going to win the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, they look amazing. Uh, this has been the E6 Podcast from Colonial Church. You can always get more information about Colonial at colonialchurch.com or from our app at the App Store or the Google Play Store. We'd love to hear from you. We like those questions, so thanks for sending them in today, the ones that we got to finally get around to, and um, send them to us. You can send us to podcast at colonialchurch.com. Thanks for listening. We will pick up the conversation next week after Compassion Sunday, and that's going to be a special one. It's going to be fun. See you next week.